1: Hey,
0: welcome back to another episode of the Alpha bikes podcast.
2: Giving the everyday battler of voice, deleting head noise one laugh at a time. Uh, speaking on deleting head noise, our guest today, Casey, the co-founder of Livin. How you going, brother? I am very well, thanks. A little bit jittery, a few morning
3: coffees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Early you double up, morning? mate? Double yeah, up. Double up. Up at four to jump on the plane and get up here, so... Just happy to be here.
2: Yeah, good stuff. No, we appreciate you coming, mate. And um, it's been it's good getting someone like yourself on who is experienced in this sort of space because we've been sort of talking about it for a while, but keen to actually learn a bit more about the field and stuff like that and talk to someone like yourself. So um before we get into it, let's crack a better beer. Um. Jogging a can. It's uh it's past ten, that's all you need to know. So cheers, boys. Bluetooth, mate. Yeah, I was a- I might add a quick sneaky Cheers. one beforehand, but um, <laughs> 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 you get that on the a video. Receipts was stressing me out. <laughs> That's all right, mate. Oh, so so where's home? Man. Where's home, brother?
3: Uh, Goldie, yep. Uh, sort of. I'm, I'm out in uh, the... Land same, of the Living.
2: Thing. It is Land of the Living. It's a beautiful place, mate, isn't it?
3: Yeah, HQ's in Burley, yep. um, yeah. Um, yeah, can't complain.
2: I think we were in Burley a while ago with um, the old Gypsy Tales, Oh, eh? It's a nice yeah. spot. Yeah, it's sort far. of like close enough to all the action, but it doesn't feel like it's in a sense. Like, I don't know, when we were there, we drove from the city and it was a nightmare and sort of popped into Burley and it was like, ah, like you can sort of relax a little bit.
3: Oh, uh, not anymore.
0: Yeah, right, I yeah, It's so just, just getting full getting on. too busy. Yeah, right. Yeah, everyone's pretty business orientated down there, eh?
3: If you're an influencer. If, yeah. yeah. Burley, yeah. It's, I don't know, it's not how it was when we grew up. Yeah, right, eh? Um, I've got kids, I've got a, I've got a wife now, so I live out. Probably an hour away from Billy now. Yeah, right. I eh? used to live five minutes drive from the office, so it's a little bit more difficult. But uh, we we decided we wanted to give the lo- kids a better life and yep. a few acres, grow our own f- our own food and yeah, cool man. You know, yeah, they problem. They go around on go karts and
2: yeah, that's the go, All bro. the fun stuff. Fucking nice. How old are your kids? Three and one. Yep. Yeah, nice. Same as me.
3: Constant war zone.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. full on in it. <laughs> oh. Doesn't uh. stop. Mate, why don't you um, talk to us a little bit about Living, like what is it, what's it about, how would you get it going sort of thing? So
3: our vision at Living is to break the stigma around mental health. We yep. started in 2013 after we lost my best mate, Dwayne Lally, to suicide. Uh, I met Dwayne first day of grade one and we grew up doing everything together. Dwayne was from the outside looking in, the life of the party, he had the perfect life, he was a good looking dude, good family, uh, good friends, successful at Anything he did, he was an Australian champion boxer at a young age. I remember, you know, when we were in high school, he'd be at school early training with his coach in the car park, at lunch in the car park training, yeah. and then again after. Uh, we, we played footy together too when we were kids. His dad was our coach, and we sort of went our different paths. I was trying to be a footy player. He was a boxer. He was fighting for a spot in the Com games when he was still in high school. So he was good at that. Yep. But it wasn't until his sort of early 20s where things sort of started to change and he was diagnosed with depression and bipolar. And this was something that he didn't know how to sort of articulate. He felt as though he was different. He felt as though he was a burden. And it was quite hard for him to sort of get the appropriate support or the appropriate help because of those reasons. And I didn't really understand what he was going through or what his diagnosis meant as much as I do now. Yeah, um, but I just knew that I had to be there for him when he needed me, and um, you know I used to get messages such as he was a plumber, I was I was a chippy. Um, I feel like jumping off the sixth floor today, bro. I can't explain why. I just feel like it. And then two hours later, I'd get a message having the best day, bro. Can't wait to see you for dinner tonight. Have a good day. So that's just a little glimpse into what he had to deal with every single day through no, no fault of his own. He didn't want to be like that. He was a happy guy, and he was always going out of his way to make other people feel happy. So after his passing, we were confronted by the statistics that surround both mental health and suicide in this country, and one in four people will live with a diagnosable mental illness in any given year, and suicide is the leading cause of death between the ages of 15 and 44. So yeah. we just knew we had to do something, and at the time, I didn't know what it was, but I don't know about you guys, but I went to the morgue to see my best mate, and as soon as I pulled that curtain back, I it just hit me. And I think that was him saying, mate, you've got to stop people from joining me. I don't know. It it just happened.
2: Yeah. No, man, it's – um, that's, like, back when – when when was that, when he was going through those things, sending the messages and stuff? Because, like, if it was a fair while ago, mental health pretty much wasn't even a thing then, right? That's what was sparking my mind when he was speaking there. Yeah, and yeah. Going,
0: for, when was for you that you knew mental health is a real thing? Because if you said to me five years ago even – I'd just got out of stress, mate.
3: Yeah, I as I said, I, I had no understanding. Uh, you know, I'd heard of the terms depression, bipolar, and, and sort of various other mental illnesses before, but I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. And this is probably 2010, 11, 12. Uh, Dwayne passed in 2013. And, yeah, as I said, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, things could be so much different. Yeah. Dwayne could still be here. And yeah. if he knew what... You know, we know he could he could be here. He could know that there's some great support out there and he's not alone. Mm, you know, no. it is tough and it, it would suck for him to go through that, but he he would know that he isn't different. He isn't a burden.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I suppose like we always say like to people, speak up, like talk to someone about it and that. But I've been looking forward to talking to someone talking to someone like yourself about it who's done the research and knows a lot more into that you know, sort of thing. And what would be something, like if you notice your mate who might be struggling or, or something like that, what's the best way do you reckon to approach that situation?
3: Yeah, so I, I think taking a step back, there's a heap of warning signs and symptoms and people sort of generally always ask what are they? And as I said, they're a heap, but they can also contradict each other such as eating too much food, not eating, eating enough food, getting too much sleep, not having enough sleep. So they kind of contradict each other. Mm. But the one we always used to always like to harp on is any change in what would be typical behavior for that person. If you know the people around you and you know them well, you will be able to support us uh, spot any change in what would be typical behavior for them. And yep. from there, it's, it's just trying to stay calm, cool, calm and collected and use those changes in behavior as a way to start a conversation. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Cam. I know that you guys have been coming to work late, lately. I know you're all about being early and what's going on? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 nothing, mate. Nothing's going on. No, 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 mate, what's really going on? Yeah. It it can be as simple as that. Yeah. But unfortunately, sometimes we think we need to chuck the white coat on. We need to be able to fix this person. But you just need to start that conversation and then listen to what comes next.
2: Yeah, give them the chance to actually talk, eh?
3: Yeah, if you listen and... You know, avoid all distractions like your phone, the clock, you know, whatever else is going on in the world. Oftentimes, people tell you exactly what they want and yeah. exactly how you can help them.
2: Because it'd be yeah. a thing, wouldn't it? Like, blokes like us sort of thing. They might think, oh, no one, I don't want to fucking put this on anyone else. Like, it's not it's not anyone else's problem. And they'd, like, you know, they'd bottle it up, eh? Oh, that'd be the biggest part about the, the blokey thing is in, like, nah, she'll be right sort of shit. And
3: I get that. And yeah. there is a yeah. certain element that we should do that, we should get on with it. But the more you bottle it up, a small problem becomes a bigger problem mm. and it can be the straw that breaks the camel's back.
2: And I suppose that's the hardest thing, right? is like as much as you want to support mental health and that, I feel like a lot of people take it for a bit of a ride, like nowadays is in like there does come to a point where you got to – you got to try and push through things and test yourself and you're going to feel anxious about certain things and I think it's just finding what is a mental health like problem and what is just everyday stresses and battles that you're going to go through you know
3: absolutely so what they I suppose define a mental illness is as is you know those warning signs and symptoms which I didn't list uh, when you are experiencing three or more of those for a continual period of two weeks. Okay. And they are preventing you from doing things that you can normally do and normally do with ease. Yeah.
2: So and that that puts it in a pretty, like, paints a good picture of what you should would be looking at, eh?
3: Absolutely, because we all, all face stress. Life is full of ups and downs. hundred yep. percent. And I suppose the good times aren't as good without the bad times. We need to learn to embrace them. We also need to learn how to lose, I believe. like. Kids Mate. these days, participation awards, <laughs> yeah, it's but. fucking full of shit because yep. it teaches, it, it erodes resilience. Mm. It teaches kids that they don't have to put in the hard work. I'm going to get something anyway. You yeah. get something? And when they become adults, what happens?
2: Well, man, I, I think that's a big part of why like kids come through and because they get given these things all the time, it's like getting a job right. you got to start at the bottom. And it's like I reckon these kids or people or even adults – Go into these job roles and they might have to start at the bottom of the ladder and they just expect that they should be getting more or I shouldn't have to do this. It's like, oh, brother, everyone's got to start down there, you know.
3: Absolutely. We've all got to, I suppose, work hard to mm. earn our stripes. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, that's exactly right, man. When, like when you first started it, when did, like when you found out a sort of direction that you were going to go in, how, how'd you find that? And then the next steps going on from it sort of progressing?
3: Yeah, so early days, I suppose, for Dwayne's funeral, we, um, we created a whole heap of shirts with his face on it, um, lyrics from his favourite song, and we just got them printed up for the funeral. And uh, we gave all the money that we sort of raised from those to his parents, and they turned around and said, no, 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 you do something positive with it. So from there, we awesome. were kind of like, well, what do we do next? So we, we got together as a group of mates, and we, we sort of had a chat, and we landed on on creating sort of like a clothing brand, and that's how we started early days as a way to raise money and give back to mental health charities. Yep. And for a while we were deliver, uh, donating money to Headspace on the Gold Coast and they are a great charity. They really are. And uh, Headspace is a wonderful service for anyone who have, has kids at home between those ages of 14 to 18. I highly recommend it. But what we noticed and what we wanted to do was there weren't people out there in, you know, educating people and breaking that stigma so people felt comfortable or knew to go to people like Headspace. Yeah. Yep. So that's why we started living. And uh, what we do now, we go around the country delivering education into schools, businesses, sporting clubs. Yeah. Just so we can break that stigma make people feel comfortable in starting conversations, whether that be if they are struggling or if someone in their life is struggling. Yeah. How to practice good self-care. All so people can start living a healthy and happy life again.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. How how was that for you? Did you have to go to, like, any courses or anything to learn how to talk to groups of people? Or were you like, fuck, what do I even say? Like, when I start doing this shit? Because that would have been confronting for you.
3: No. Like, we're, we're, from when we started to where we are now, like, it's in, it's not embarrassing. But you look back and you you, you cringe. It's like, oh, is that what I sound like? Or is, is that what we spoke about? Yeah. yeah. As you guys know, as you go on that journey, you just get better just through doing it and surrounding yourself with good people. We are so lucky that we have had so many great people to support us on this journey. Yeah, Our psychologist is he's the best. I love sitting there. I've seen him deliver the presentation 2,000 times, but every single time I love it. Yep. And I love the impact that that has on people.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's prime. Yeah, that's unreal, man. But and having it, him as a mentor as well for you to work off as well would be good. Absolutely,
3: because he's just like you and I. He, you know, people think psychologists, these doctors, these white coats. He's not.
2: Mm. Yep. He's just see, an
3: everyday person.
2: See, that's awesome, mate. Eh, because I personally, myself, probably growing up in an industrial town here. I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first thing to go to if I was struggling or whatever. But it's pretty cool to know there is like some of them out there that are just like us. Because in a blokey bloke's head, probably from a country town, you think psychologist or whatever, and you're thinking exactly what you said. You know, yeah. oh mate, he's not like you.
3: Exactly. But people, I suppose, need to understand that we can go see psychologists for positive reasons too. They can help with performance management. They can mm-hmm. help with a whole variety of things. I suppose what I'm trying to say, though, is the the best time to sort of go see them is get in early, be proactive. Go see them before it becomes a massive problem. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the go, mate. I, um, shout out to Craney. The other day we had a bit of a chat, and for blokes that um like need to reach out to talk to someone, he's saying, just go through your contact list and keep calling until someone picks up. Someone in your contact list is going to fucking pick up. I thought that was a good one just to bring up because sometimes you just don't want to ring that one or two friends. Just keep trying. Someone will answer.
3: Absolutely. And if you do receive a phone call like that, you do not have to fix that person. You just need to listen to them. Yeah. yeah. When you go into fix-it mode, you what are you doing? You're not listening to them because you're just throwing out advice and oftentimes it's making them feel worse because they're not heard. So if you do receive that phone call, just try and relax. Yeah. Listen to them and then... Try and work out some best next steps for them and let them know that you're there to support them on that journey.
0: And they'll feel better just getting it out in the
2: open if you're listening.
3: Oftentimes, absolutely. That
2: could be just, yeah. And like off the back of that call, do you reckon it'd be a good thing to just say like, you wouldn't go, oh mate, let's go and do this and talk about your problems. It'd be like, hey dude, let's go fishing or something. Or like just go do something and if they want to talk about it, they will sort of thing. Is that...
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Just conversation. Don't try and make it a big deal. Uh, obviously if they're suicidal That is a big deal Don't fuck around Call triple zero Yeah But absolutely just go out Go Go fishing Go to the pub Have a couple of beers I'm not condoning Go and get smashed but no, yeah. If that's what helps Go have a couple of beers A couple of better beers
2: Yeah yep. Yeah go f- Yeah that's right man It's um Yeah Like we, we talked about this In the last episode But you know A lot of people Seem to blame Like alcohol Or gambling Or Or any other addiction They blame the thing That they're addicted to Where it's like we were sort of saying the other day, as much as addiction is a horrible thing, you've got to stop and take a look in the mirror sometimes and go, fucking, you need to take control of your life, you know? Absolutely.
3: Comes back to that accountability that we were sort of touching on earlier. Mm. And uh, as I said, I'm, I'm not trying to say that going out and drinking is a good thing. Yeah. But oftentimes that could be a way in which you feel comfortable in talking about how you're going. So if that's the case, that's a great thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you're not condoning going out and getting absolutely sloshed. But if you're sitting there with your mate having a couple of schooners and he can let the walls down a little bit, then for him that's probably the best thing to do, right?
3: Absolutely. And just keep checking in on him. And, and you don't have to be a pest or put pressure on him, but just keep checking in. How you going, mate? Yeah. How's your week going? Anything no, I sure. can help with?
0: You would have had some loose messages and we've started to receive oh. a fair few um, really loose messages. And sometimes... For our side, we don't know how to even reply. Like, we got in our head what we should probably say back to them, but you can't do that. Like, you, some of the stuff you want to receive, how do you go about it? Do you get your psychologist involved? Or, like, they're, they're throwing their phone number out and this loose thing that's happened and you're just going, what do we what
3: do, we do about this? Mm. Yeah, loose. Like, I'm going to kill myself. If you don't answer right now, it's your fault. Yeah. J- just, like, we get that all day, every day, sometimes. We are lucky that we've got the psychologist there, but it's also hard when you've got you, you don't know who this person is from a bar of soap, you don't know where they are. Yeah. Mm. Oftentimes their profiles on private, so you can't even reach out to a friend. It is it is really hard to deal with, but what <laughs> just starting that conversation, how can I help you? Yeah. What do you need? But also uh, an important part of it is you also need to look after yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. You can't let you it can't get to a point where it's affecting you because right. you can only do so much, especially when you don't know who that person is.
2: Yeah, exactly, man. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to give someone advice when you literally don't know the background of what they're doing, what's happening. You know,
3: we uh, had one two weeks ago, and it was she was it was a girl, teenager, persistent all night, and we, we were sort of engaging, and then the next morning she wakes up. Oh, sorry, it was my cat. Yeah, right. Cat. My cat was on my keyboard. Ah. Uh, like, she genuinely needs help. She really does. But yep. in that moment, like, you're filled with anxiety. But we just had to take a step back and just yeah. look after ourselves. And we, we she was on private. We had no idea who she was. We couldn't reach out to anyone. Instagram has a feature where you can press a button and let them know that someone's at risk of self-harm. But that does fuck all. Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. In the world, yeah. Mm. So
3: it, it is hard, but it's always important to prioritise yourself. Yeah. Because those things can get hard and they can They can affect you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like sometimes, oh, it's a shit answer, but you go, oh, mate, happy to have a chat to you. Reach out to such and such charity to have a chat. But sometimes that's not the, I don't know. I just and feel, sometimes you feel guilty because you're going, should I do more or what should happen? And here? off
2: the back of that, Cam, like you said, like, I actually want to go and have a look at, a couple of charities and stuff and see how it works behind the scenes and see what's going on, see what happens when you call this number and that that way I've got confidence in like if someone um, asks what to do and I'm struggling, you can confidently say, mate, get onto this, go through these steps and you know what you're sending him to do. Absolutely. Because my biggest fear is directing someone to a charity... And knowing that they don't treat him right And then you're the one that sent him there You know what I mean? It's like this fucking so We've had
0: those messages also I've been left on hold Got told to bring back
3: next week It is so hard Because some, like You could have one experience And you could have a completely different experience And yeah. that's not just through these helplines That could be going and seeing a psychologist And I suppose That's like most things in life Like I didn't marry the first girl That I dated Mm. We all connect with people in a different way and yeah. people do have different experiences but it, it, like we've experienced that ourselves when we've recommended helplines. One, one lady was suicidal and they said, I'll oh, just run a lavender bath. Yeah, right. But the next person who rang up said that the support that they received was life-saving, life-changing. So yeah. it is hard.
2: Yeah, And I suppose the problem is it's another human on the end of that line, right? Like if they're having a shit day, I wonder if that fucking affects the result of what their given advice was you know how that has had a big blue the first person they call oh, I'm struggling oh, I'll run a bath yeah you know what I mean like <laughs> humans make mistakes man
3: or she's just out of her depth. yeah well, she's wanting one, to eh? help and she just doesn't really know how to help and hmm. that's right you know but that could have been something that worked for her too so it is complex it's multifaceted yeah. but some great help lines out there uh, lifeline yeah TX yeah yeah um, Beyond Blue have a lifeline.
2: Yeah, which I suppose like you see a lot of these um, people who are starting these sort of things, similar to like yourself, trying to do the right thing. But I suppose it's really important to make sure you do it right. Absolutely. We started with great
3: intentions. Most people do. We were lucky that we surrounded ourselves with good people. I'm not Mm. the smartest person in the world. I knew we had to get those people. And we have been so lucky. And I suppose... It's unfortunate in a way. It just shows you how much or how big of an impact mental health or suicide has. Yeah. That's why everyone wants to help us because they've been affected by it.
2: For sure. How did yeah. you go about building your team? And when did you get to that stage when you were like, right, oh, I think we need to start getting some experts in the field sort of thing? Early on,
3: like, yeah, early on. So a lot. early on we had a lot of, I suppose, volunteers helping us. It's really testing the memory if you had knocks over the years. <laughs> yeah. um, I think our first employee was my wife. Yep, um, yep. At the time, we were just all wearing many different hats. because So there's sort of three things within the charity. We sell merchandise, which we're, we're all wearing here, and we do that yep. early on. That was to support or bring revenue into the charity so we could continue to deliver free education into schools. We've never received any government support. Yep. I think I applied for a grant early on and. I spent so long doing it and then we just got denied. I was like, oh, well, we need to do something that can control our outcome here. So merch was a way to do that but it's also a conversation starter.
2: That's right. Yeah, for sure. It People seeing your brand.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely and I've got a, I've got a card that sits on my desk. It's got a $10 note in it and it will always have that. It's from a lady that said, this is from a sticker you gave me at an event. I want to let you know that, that sticker saved my life and because of that sticker, my three kids now have a, I still have a mum. Yeah. I was wow. hanging out to my car to, Drive into a tree, and that was the last thing I saw, and it made me reach out and ask for help.
2: Holy fuck! Uh, that's, uh, it,
3: it just makes it all worth it because sometimes it does become a job, or it does feel like a job. We're in the trenches, we're busy. Mm. You know, you got to keep it moving, and um, that's that just brings you back down to earth and reminds us why we're doing it. So, my wife was our first employee. She was packing orders, but she was also organizing all the school bookings. Yeah, and. I suppose it's just that growth journey. Like, at the moment, we've got eight staff, but we could probably do another eight more. Yeah. We just
2: can't afford it. Shout out to the missus. Like, both of ours have been the backbone of what we've done the whole time too. And, you know, like you said then, that message that you got, like, we've copped a spray from so many different people, like, you know, messaging in, cracking the shit or fucking giving you shit, trying to chop you down as you go up. But the things that stick in my brain is those messages that literally said you blokes fucking helped me through a really dark place. Absolutely. And you just go, I'm fucking happy with that. I couldn't give a fuck what all these other people say because them getting the shits, whatever, they're just getting a bit of shit off their liver. But, oh, mate, he literally reached out and said, thank you so much. You just go, that's what it's all about. And yeah, I think you know? that's why I reached out because I just love what you guys are doing. You're,
3: you're encouraging people just to support their mates mm. and just to stand up and be a little bit vulnerable. Like, I'm not encouraging everyone to, you know, be a pussy or whatever people out there want to call it. Mm. Just be a good friend. Yeah, whether that's to someone in your life or even yourself,
0: yeah, just make up. you realise sometimes your friend circle is probably not the right friend circle, and just reach out and have a bit of a think.
3: Yeah, if well, your I friends th- don't want the best for you, what? Well, yeah, how are they friends? Well, see, I think get, it's a, a, uh, get a
2: new group, find yourself, like we've talked about as well. Cam is like our culture is very much so feeding each other shit. And I love it. Our our friends group, we just fucking paste each other, like give each other shit. But I think sometimes those groups, because of that culture, they forget that you also need to every now and again just be like, hey, brother, how you doing? Like as in, what's going on? So especially in CQ, I can't speak on wherever else, but like our friends group, it's very much so like that. So is mine. And I think that's why sometimes it's like, Hang on, you're giving each other shit, but, you know, finding that balance. So, and I think that's why all this sort of stuff, what's going on at the moment, it's like, hey, guess what? You can still feed your mate shit, but you can also check in on him, you know what I mean?
3: Happened in our group chat last night. We were giving it to one of the boys. He's in Bali at the moment. He turns around and says, boys, it's been a shit day with my son. He's nearly broken me twice. And then straight away, all the shit went out the window and went to support. And Yeah. That's what it's all about.
2: That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I think is good, and I, I am noticing a change with it being normal for blokes to talk about that shit, right? And, like, older lads, like me old boys' age, are starting to talk about this shit, and that's fucking hard for them. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Those lads grew up where it was like, fucking don't be a pussy, don't cry, rah, rah, rah. Yep. For some of those old school lads to start to be changing their mentality, that's a big thing. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's massive because they, that's how they were taught. Their dads and that who probably aren't here anymore. They didn't even think that was a thing, and that's how they were brought up.
3: And know? it was different times. Like it, it is so different now. Like we are—we live in a world of—it's just so fast moving. Mm. Yeah, there is pressure, 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 coming at you from all angles, and we're always connected. We're not designed to be on twenty-four-seven, so it is completely different. So it is good to see that change. Mm. Yeah, it, for us, it's—it's it's why we started.
2: Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, for sure, mate. And now, like, at the moment, where are you guys at? And, like, how many things are you trying to get to? Oh, we got it on the fucking the screen here, but, um, yeah.
3: So, last year we was our biggest ever year from a delivering programs point of view. We delivered 472 programs. We set a goal to deliver 500, taking into account that COVID was still a thing last year. Yeah. And
0: eight staff. That's fucking still a massive effort.
3: Eight staff. We've got 30 facilitators around the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just lucky that, I suppose, in Queensland that we could still operate. And Queensland is our home state. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm very proud of the team last year. Uh, so, 472, 300 of those were schools. Yep. And um, the, the biggest problem there is we deliver that for free, but it still costs us a lot of money. So, we we're burning through the cash. So, it was very stressful. what well, has been a very stressful start to the year. But, you know, that, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And we got a message just two days ago from a student. We talk about this this concept, it's called the mental health continuum. And every single person, their mental health exists on a continuum. Mm. And this, this girl was driving to school the day after our presentation. And she said, "Mom, my mental health's a little bit shaky. I need to get help before I go to spiralling. And they're terms we talk about in our presentation. Yeah. And for us right there, that is exactly why we do it because we want people to get on top of their mental health and
2: early. Yeah. Ah, yep. oh, cool. What? How do you feel like... Like from the um, feedback from, say, you do schools and then you do workforces and that with older blokes and women and stuff like that, how do you find the reactions are from both of those crowds and which one do you think sinks in more?
3: Yeah, great question because the schools, and I, I remember when I was I was a little shit in high <laughs> school. So the, the schools, they're always little shits at the start. But yeah. like come the end of the program, the amount of kids that are coming up and talking to us saying – just sharing their life stories with us and and thanking us for being there is just amazing. Corporates are great. We can sort of change the tone a little bit. We can have that, that dialogue where we're sort of engaging with them. Yeah. Be a little bit more relaxed and they're pretty solid. You know, there's there's not much change from start to finish. Whereas the, the kids, you actually see it like they're kind of closed off at the start. And then by the end of it, they're just loving the fact that we were there. Yeah. And for me, the, I suppose the most rewarding one is, is our old high school. They yeah. used yep. to try and kick Dwayne and I out, but now they ask us to come back, and when I step foot in that school, I can put myself in those kids' shoes. Yeah, yeah. I used to be that little shit, oh, who's here today, Who's going? What, what are they talking about? But by the end of it, all those kids are coming up and, and thanking
2: us. And it might be reaching out to those little shits because I feel like, this is just my opinion, I feel like those little shits a lot of the time are little shits because that's just not the way they fucking learn. And I feel like that system, the school system, it's obviously going to be a hard thing to change, but I think personally it has to eventually because some kids just don't learn by sitting down and doing exactly that thing. Like you get the few people that do, but you know, some kids are dyslexic or fucking stuff like that and they struggle to learn that way or someone's never going to go to uni.
3: They don't want to. There's not enough teachers to support them. Exactly. exactly.
2: So it's one of those things where... You guys having a chat to those kids who might be little shits because of that reason, it's probably a good thing, you know what I mean, for them to hear that at that time of their life.
3: Absolutely. There's greatness in every child we believe, or mm. I believe, especially now that I'm a, a father. You just you just need to find it Yeah. and uncover it.
2: Well, that's like, I don't, I'm not saying we're great, but I mean... Um, even with this, like there was ages there that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I became a fitter because we're an industrial town. It was something to do. Was never really passionate about it. And then all of a sudden, just by having a bit of fun with me, mate, like we discovered this thing and it's like, hello, there's a little bit of a thing here. And I fucking love doing this. And I'm like, I never thought that I'd have a job where I love what I'm doing. And it's like, we're sort of making it happen. And it's such a fucking good feeling. And I'm sure there's something out there that someone will love doing and can get paid for. There's so many things you can do nowadays to earn money in the, in the space that we're in, and which is a positive about today's world.
3: Absolutely. And I suppose a, a little bit of off on a tangent, 10, 15 years, there's going to be so many jobs that don't exist right now. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. you don't That's even know too. what you're going to like. Like this job didn't exist 15 years ago. No. So no. you wouldn't have known growing up that you would love this. That's right. And, you know, like,
2: you hear people say all the time about how, like, the checkout chick thing, it's all going automated and, like, they're taking those jobs, but there's – on the back of that there's probably like you just said then heaps of other ways that you can make money and stuff like that too and I suppose you just got to try and look at the positive way that things are moving instead of getting bogged down with there not being a checkout chick you might go yeah that does or a bloke settle the fuck
1: down (laughs) or you know
2: (laughs) but you know there might be a different way that you can make money that you want to do or it's a bit more exciting or something
3: who knows we might not have to work in 15 years and how boring would that be
2: oh that's right I need something to do
3: Purpose. Purpose. Purpose is the number one thing, Yeah, I believe, or it's the number one indicator of happiness. Purpose mm. and connection.
2: For sure, man. What What I found too Being was
0: accepted and know you're doing something, I reckon. Yeah. You know?
2: Contributing well, to something. Yeah. Well, I bigger. think having something positive to put your energy towards when you're just sitting there. Like as in, for example, when we're working out in the mines, like seven on, seven off, I'm not going to say I was struggling with mental health, but I was definitely anxious as fuck and there was times where you're sitting in your camp room and you didn't want to go get on the piss and I was just like, you're just sitting there just scrolling through fucking social media or... Just sitting there going, for fuck's sake. And as soon as we had this started and I had something to like grow and I'm like, fuck right, oh, and writing notes down and researching shit and clipping things up and watching things grow. I'm like, man, my mental health was just awesome because I'm like after work, I was even though I was up till like ten thirty at night, starting the next day at four or five, I was fucking pumped and motivated. Working I'm towards a like, goal. Yeah. I'm like, how good's it having something to look forward to and growing Absolutely. shit?
3: And growing yourself as a human, mm. learning new things. These are all things that are positive for our mental health. But I can sort of relate. When we first started, I was working in the mines in murumba Yep. And that was just after Dwayne died. So some nights I'd be in my room crying because I just, it was brand new. Like, best mate. I, I had no idea what just happened. Mm. But other nights I am i was in there hustling, like, what do we do next? Yeah. What's our next move? And that was what got me through.
2: Like, I loved it. Yeah, no, it is, eh? And Just it's, brings that drive. Yeah, man, and it's fucking cool to have that feeling because I've heard people talk about it before, but now I actually know what they talk about, and I'm like, it's fucking a good feeling.
3: Absolutely, like we've all got bills, and and you got to keep the roof over your head. But I'd do this my whole life for free if I could.
2: Mm. What
0: in a business sense, your non profit organisation? You wouldn't have started as that; you transitioned into that.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, what's the whole? Like, um, with charities and why you had to go that way?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. We were naive and we didn't really understand. Like, yep. we started, and sorry to sort of segue, I'll get back yes. to that. We started with our business plan. Yeah. yeah. And in a way, I think it's what made it successful. If we had this strict business plan or if we had some experience, we probably would have only seen challenges yep. rather than possibilities and we would have been so stringent on what we wanted to do that we wouldn't have pivoted quickly when we when we needed to. So... Back to the question, uh, we became a charity because we just thought that's what you had to do. Yeah, uh, I didn't finish the story before we, so we started selling shirts and donated money to the to the charity. But we realised that they weren't quite doing what we wanted. We wanted to sort of educate people in how they could look after themselves and the people in their life, or or how they could access services such as Headspace. And we found out there wasn't really anyone doing that. Yeah. And great question. I don't know why we became a charity because we, we certainly didn't have to be. Yeah. yeah, But it was just like back then we knew nothing. So we just thought you got to become a charity. And that's a process It took about eight to nine months yeah, yeah. from when we decided to when we became a registered charity. And I suppose in the most simplest way, the difference between a not-for-profit and a for-profit, all the profits at the end of the year technically in a for-profit business get divided to the shareholders, the owners or whoever else, whereas we can't do that. It, it all stays in there. You know, we get paid a set wage each year. Yeah. I suppose some charities get bonuses and whatnot. That's all part of their contract. Yeah. We don't. But um, that is my most basic understanding. Well, that's probably the most simple way I could put that.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh, sweet, man. When you were talking about before, like you were in the mines and stuff, and we've sort of both just gone through this, and it's about the whole you think you're ready to go, and then you actually go, right, eh? we need to pull our big boy pants on here and just say, fuck it, let's do it, let's fucking go. You would have had to go through that yourself, man. Can you talk a bit about that and leading up to it and, you know? Scary. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, like, I suppose back then I didn't have a house. I didn't have kids. I, Yeah, I was with my wife. So mm. I did have <laughs> one responsibility. But yeah. I suppose I was lucky in that regard. I didn't have responsibilities. But it's still scary. I remember, mm. yeah, it was after the Cowboys' uh, Bronx grand final that week. And I think the first thought I had was, well, you got to make it work now. Because yep. at yep. the time I was on... I was working back on the Gold Coast as a chippy, still playing for Belly Bears. And I was on my phone a lot because we were, I was doing both. And I was just trying to organize everything during the day. I'd finish uh, work. I'd go to training. After training, I'd be packing orders till two, three, four in the morning. Then I'd go to work and do it all over again. Mm. And my boss pulled me aside and said, mate, while you're doing both, one will fail. Yeah. Give it a crack. You've always got a job here. And yep. I think he said that because he actually lost his best mate to suicide too. Yeah. And I suppose that's all I needed
2: to hear. That's great that he gave you that. I had that safety, uh,
3: Yeah, yeah. He he was one of Dad's best mates, so he's like a a father figure to me as well. And Mm. it was just great having someone that backed me. Yeah. Yeah. Go give it a crack. If you fail, you've got a job. So in a way, for me, I had that safety net. Yeah,
2: and I think um, creating a place where you don't burn bridges, you're a good worker in that community and like... That's I never like, said I was good, that, but I mean <laughs> yeah. like get along with people or like as in you know don't burn bridges anyway. Absolutely. And um, like for me in the the mining industry at the moment, it's a pretty sought after like people in the field. I mean, so really, if it went to shit, you could probably get another job pretty easy. So it's not super risky, but um, yeah, there's still that there's still that sense of like you quit and you go right, huh She's oh, on. It's, it's oh, scary,
3: yeah. but it's amazing when you do that and you throw yourself into it, the amount of opportunities that start to open themselves up to you is, I don't know, mm. it just it just happens in a way.
2: I think I was talking to you a little bit before this about uh, Mark, Mark Boris. I so shared out to him. I'd love to get him on one day. I think he's got uh, his own podcast, The Mentor, yeah. um, But I heard him talking about like how there's a misconception about people going all into stuff and it's like people think you come up with an idea and you quit and you just do it straight away and he goes, it's the wrong way of doing it. He goes, what you got to do is have your job, which is your income, on the weekends, after work, um, before work, put all your time into that until your thing that you're building has the income to cover your job and that's when you go all in. Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm like, that is literally what we did. And yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, a semi-risk-free way to do it or the smartest way to go about it. And I thought that was such great advice.
3: Absolutely. Always should have contingency plans in place because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. So you've always just got to have every base covered.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Where, like, so you're based in Queensland. Is it a... In Burley, we're a national charity.
1: Yeah, righto, so um, Australia-wide.
2: We sell the merch
3: internationally, the, the beauties of e-commerce. Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, ba- based in Burley, born and bred. Sammy, the co-founder, um, he, he lives in America now, but he yeah, was right. living in Sydney before he moved over there.
2: Yeah, righto. Yeah, nice. Yeah, sweet. So where, which other country are you finding is starting to, you know, jump on board and stuff the most? Oh, New, New Zealand yep. is,
3: is a big one. America, uh, recently we've we've had a few orders go out to Germany, Italy. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, probably UK yep. as well. Just the, the countries that are like us and Canada.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because yep. I was going to say, I was going to ask about UK because I find um, with our Aussie humour and our sarcasm and mentality, man, I reckon easily, like obviously we could throw a rock and hit New Zealand, so they're the same as us, but... UK, for me, being so far away, I reckon they've got the fucking, that sense of humour. The same as us. It's Tommy unreal. Tommy the
3: Pommy brings me great joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To you, brother. Yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah. He's like like it, I, a classic. What are you looking for, a black eye? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
2: right. Yeah, man. But, you know, some of those blokes, like, it's just, that's been my most, in, one of my most enjoyable things about this, is people from the other side of the world, whether it be England, Ireland, fucking Scotland, even New Zealand and other countries ringing in and we all laugh about the same thing. And I'm like, how fucking cool is that, that someone on the other side of the world is joining in on this little thing we're doing and everyone's getting a laugh out of it. So it's fucking, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I think
3: humour and, and good times unite, you know, we go across whatever sort of barriers, whether yeah. they be um, geographical, language barriers, yeah. Humour and, and good times unite everyone.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I've always had the
2: little thing in my head where I'm like, while I'm laughing at that one time, I'm not sad. I might be directly after it, but if I'm pissing myself laughing at that very time, I'm in a pretty good mood. You know what I mean? <laughs> or,
3: Laughter
0: heals a lot.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's
3: there's studies to suggest that. I've got one that's kind of like that, but it's not laughing. It's golf. I know mm. when I'm playing golf... Makes me cranky. It makes me angry. But I'm not thinking about those other problems in my life.
2: Yeah, right? man. I I'm exactly the same. Well, you think about it. You're normally with your mate driving. I'm normally having a beer, flogging the shit out of something. <laughs> so like those few combos, it's a pretty fucking good mix. That's Name the, something else you can drive, drink, and flog something <laughs> for fucking legally. It's not, not legally.
3: <laughs> you tell us, Jen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. That's why, yeah. That's why you hear about like blokes on a motorbike. Go jump on the motorbike. Good strap. You won't mm. be thinking about nothing else, mate.
2: Absolutely. Or even music. or something for people. Music's
0: right? a fucking awesome one.
2: Mm.
3: I, I suppose the common theme of all of those things: laughter, golf, riding, sports, music, sports, mindfulness, mm. like, mindset. Well, mindset, but also mindfulness, because you are present on the thing you're oh, doing God, that's, yeah, that's and true. mindfulness is a great technique that people can employ to improve their mental health yeah but people you know they hear that word mindfulness and they go oh, that's woo woo or i don't i can't do that but yeah they don't realize that it can be those things that we just mentioned yeah and it can be as simple as that
2: and i think i, I watched a thing another like i find the uh the motivation and in instagram clips and that that Are readily available for everyone now Like I go through them every now and again And I hear someone say something And I'm like Fucking oath Like it's such a good tool I reckon And I heard one bloke say um, What's your advice for overthinkers And I should be quoting the thing But I can't think about it now Um, But he said Write everything down That you're struggling with at the time And Get a list of what you can fix right now And things that you can't Do the things you can fix right now And the others then whatever You know like Write it down and go, oh, I can't fix them right now. Fucking whatever.
3: And further to that, writing it down, one thing we sort of touch on a little bit is write it down and then ask yourself what advice, so if it's you, Tommy, mm. what advice would you give Cam if he was in this situation?
2: Yeah, righto. That's a good ask, one.
3: ask yourself that because oftentimes the advice we give a friend is realistic, mm. it's positive, and it's quite helpful, whereas the advice we give ourselves is negative, it's unrealistic, <laughs> and it does not help the situation. It makes it worse. So oftentimes we need to treat ourselves how we would treat a best friend or a loved one.
2: That's a fucking great point, yeah, actually. A... Because, yeah, you're right. Things about yourself, you're fucking off yourself and you're up yourself about making errors. But you never do something and you're like, oh, I'm the fucking best sort of thing. You're like, you you know. Yeah, or we're our own worst
3: critic. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. Instead, treat yourself how you treat a best friend or a loved one. Mm. And it can change situations. That often are negative to a more positive outcome. Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure, man. I know if I'm ever suffering, I just, my biggest thing is just stay busy. Have those goals, have everything, just stay busy. Even though know, you might be putting on the back burner. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is a hard. Positive way. <laughs> nah, yeah.
3: Like if you're working towards a goal, that's great. But if you are struggling, it is probably in your best interest to stop. Address what's going on; otherwise, it will surface at another time when you least yeah. expect it, and it could be a hell of a lot worse. Like I remember when Dwayne died, I didn't, I didn't address it. I just tried to get on with life, and it got to a stage where I was getting aggressive on the pierce, and and I was becoming this person who I wasn't. Yeah. And it wasn't until I addressed that that I started to become me again. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> who knows what could happen if I didn't address that? Well, man, that's exactly
2: yeah. like care Remember we played that quote the other day where our mate was talking about the cows and the buffalo. Yeah. and how a storm's rolling in and cows run away from it and they run and run and they it slowly catches up with them and they're fucking in the storm where the buffalo just charge straight at it and they go through the face fucking it. face of the storm and they go through it and that and then they can just fucking it's bad like it's bad for a bit but then it's done and they can enjoy the shit after the storm like the grass and fucking all that sort of shit and it's like it was a pretty good metaphor i think the right word is for that um, Oh, I agree oh, to, we can't yeah. go
3: around things we can't avoid things The only way to get through it is to go through it. Mm. you just got to go through it and obviously have the support along the way. Do the things that make you feel good about yourself and tick all those boxes. But the only way you're going to get through it is if you go through it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And for you, like, since you started, is it impressive, like, what you've sort of learnt in that space the whole time? Like, from talking to other people? Yeah, Still
3: learning every day. I'm lucky. Like, one of my best mates who sits next to me every day is our psychologist. The things I'm learning from him... Things I'm learning from my staff. Mm. The things I'm learning now as a father from my kids. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. thing in life is just learning every single. That's day. That's a fucking eye opener. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. I don't know who my daughter belongs to. It must be me because she is smart. Yeah, and she teaches me something every single day. Yeah, yeah. how is that? And oh. see,
2: I reckon kids are so because there's no filter there mm. or whatever. Like they they teach you things in that way too, where they're not saying things to try and impress people. Sometimes they're just being them. I oh, was we talking to my neighbor yesterday and my daughter was
3: done. She goes, Okay, you can go now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How good's that? Yeah. See you later. Uh, yeah. That's where that
2: conversation ended. ended. Yeah. But yeah, no filter at all. Yeah. yeah. No, they're fucking cool, man. They're really good kids.
0: What big events you got coming up, mate?
3: Oh, mate. Um, got to fly home next week for a. Oh, sorry, I've got to fly home tomorrow. I've had a few coffees this morning. I was <laughs> up at four and had no coffee till I got here. Then I pumped two straight into me. Usually, We're I'm a doing. one coffee a day kind of guy. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, tomorrow we've got a surf event. It's an event that's been going on for 10 years. Uh, over the years, uh, Joel Parko, Mick Fanning, they've surfed and that. So, that's Saturday. Uh, today's Friday. So, uh, but a big event coming up. We've got the Q1 Stair Challenge uh, on yeah, the nice. So, um, it is what it says. You run up that big big building in Surface Paradise. Yep. People raise money for us. Uh, we've got events happening every single day, every single week. We've got yeah. a guy at the moment. His name's Tom Dunn, and I'd love everyone in here to get around him. Yep. He's mad, and I'm going to get this wrong, but he's doing a triathlon across the whole country. So he started four days ago. So there's a point in WA. I, I don't actually know where. It's near Broome. He's riding his pushy to... The start of the Murray River. Yep. He's then going to swim from east to west, back up it, and then run from there to Sydney.
2: So who, what's his name and how can people go and follow his journey, bro? Uh, that's fucking
3: sick. You can find him on our website. His yep. name's yep. Tom Dunn. Tom um, Dunn. He's yep. all over Instagram and Facebook. He's doing it all himself. It's just him. He doesn't have a team. It's just wow. one person. Wow, yeah. He's doing his own social media. He's literally doing everything and he's relying on the goodwill of the people he runs into along the way
2: Holy fuck Where's he swimming? Down south The Murray River Yeah right. So when he gets there It's probably going to be A little bit colder Yeah Far out. I was just hoping He wasn't going to swim Across the bite of Australia Because No You know there's Fucking You know a few A uh, few big sharks A few sharks No he was
3: meant to do this uh, Before COVID Yeah. And COVID Yeah fucked everything up Yeah wrong. kept fucking it And pushing it back But um, yeah, There he is on the screen there Yeah Very Nice it, it, awesome, I can't man. believe it. It's crazy.
0: 27 years old.
2: Yeah, so let
3: 9,000K yeah, triathlon for mental health.
2: Let's yeah, go up a bit there, Quint. So, yeah, Tom Dunn is an Australian adventurer slash advocate. At just 27 years old, Tom's already raised over 100000 for charity through his ultra-endurance adventures. By pushing himself to surpass his and his own and others' expectations, Tom has realised that anyone can do anything if given the opportunity. Tom Strip have left tracks across Australia and has seen him set the world's first along the way. Tom is creating a career in advocacy through adventure. Sorry for butchering that. To pursue his goal. To see, explore and enjoy the world while giving others the opportunity to follow their dreams too. Fucking oath. How How good is is there that there's some people out there doing that sort of shit? Fucking inspiring. Over the
3: years, we've had people do some amazing things. Uh, A few years ago, we had a, a guy on the Gold Coast run a marathon every single day through the month of August. Yep. He oh, called mate. himself Forest Goat, and he did look like <laughs> Forest Gump by the end of it. Yeah,
2: oh, well, even Ned Brockman, like just, just a while another ago. example. Yeah. like what a fucking legend!
3: The, the things people can do, the things people are capable of when they set their mind to it, mm. it's it's
2: amazing. And as much as Goggins is too full on for me all <laughs> the time, like as in, I love it. It's inspiring. You must but, to me. But I'm like, bro, can you just have chill out for a second? But it's, that's the whole mindset thing, right? Like the what you can do with your mind. He's the Classic example up the top of that of what you can fucking do because that guy is fucking next level. He's there, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, take souls. Yeah, that's right. This
3: poor guy, Stay hot. his third day, uh, I think he was running into 45k an hour headwinds. Oh. And I think it says on his Instagram he wanted to give up, but he just pushed through because he knew why. Yeah. There's a there's a famous quote from a, a great book which was written by a psychiatrist that was uh, in the, the Nazi concentration camps. So uh, I, I couldn't. Put Put myself in his shoes. Imagine being in a, a Nazi concentration camp. But he said, "A man with a Y can bear almost any how." Yeah,
2: yeah, right. That's fucking. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's powerful, man. Yeah. That right? yeah. A man with a um, Y can bear any how. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So he got through that because he knew what was waiting for him on the other side. Yeah. Where people around him were dying, left, right, and center. Yeah. He had a why and that got him through it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like the purpose thing, right? Like at a smaller scale, what we were talking about earlier, like having something to do to look forward to and fucking, you know, build towards and shit rather than just nothing.
3: Setting goals and setting out to achieve them.
2: And the goals doesn't need – it's not like it has to be a world-changing thing, right? You can have little personal goals, something to chip away at. But if you don't have anything at all, then you just – what are you doing? Walking around aimlessly. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And I reckon that's where – that's – just personally, not being an expert in it, but for me, I reckon that's when shit would start twirling around in me head and you'd start overthinking shit and if you don't have something to actively, you know, do or we'll look forward to. That's
0: what I was going off the back of, staying busy for me because mm. I will start overthinking shit and that's just my way to deal with it. Just keep busy. Picking and try. up sticks around the yard and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's, <laughs> yep, that's right. Stack the fire pile, to. Yeah, <laughs> me too, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: getting cold. Oh.
0: When I first heard of Livin', I thought it was like an um, extreme sports brand, like because you had that many like um, bikes behind you, sort of thing. Straight up surfers, um,
3: you like, had a lot of NRL players, uh, really? yeah,
0: as well, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, it was on purpose because our, our motto is "It ain't weak to speak." So we, I grew up playing footy with a few of the boys, and we knew that if we used NRL players, people who are perceived as tough, they are heroes in a lot of people's eyes. If we can encourage them. To wear the shirt that says it ain't weak to speak. A lot of young kids coming up are going to follow that, follow their idols and hopefully their yeah,
2: role models. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to start. A eh? that masculine, like tough, like image. And they are just and people we knew too. So yeah. we
3: were, we were very lucky, and yep. we just used who we knew. And but they were also happy to support because once again, they had experienced it, whether that someone in their life or them personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why we've been so lucky to receive support along the way from so many different people.
2: Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Like seeing, like looking back from when you started, and then sitting there now and realizing what you created and what's what's going on and like what you can do now that you've got that start. I suppose right, like as in.
3: I still remember the first person I saw wearing a shirt who I didn't know. Yeah. Just that feeling, like I went to say hello, thinking I knew him, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, actually know that person. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that,
2: yeah, that would have been fucking and cool.
3: Now you get people coming up to you saying, "Love your shirt." I just love that. Just.
0: I yeah. like that connection to like, oh, we're both wearing a living shirt, but sometimes you can have that.
3: Oh, it's a head nod for Even sure. if you're
0: not even part of the brand or whatever, just sort of that head nod that you both know what it's about.
3: It's like a nod of understanding. Like, yeah, yep. i got your brother and we've received many stories, emails, messages, whatever it is from people saying, I was at an event, someone in the living shirt, oh, sorry, I saw someone in the living shirt, went, went up and had a chat and now we're lifelong friends.
0: Fuck, yeah. how good's that? And, That's sick. and
3: you know, we are there to support each other. We've got, some guys on the Goldie, they they started some full drive club just through talking to each other yeah. through seeing each other on our Instagrams. Yeah. yeah.
2: And like in a similar way, like even with our merch and stuff, like I fucking I every time I see someone with an alpha bike's hat or a shirt on, I'm just like
3: fucking yeah, brother. It's
1: just like a
0: little six. club that Yeah. Except <laughs> our oh, mate the other day that didn't pay you for his fuel in our shirt, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got
1: we got um I'm not pay even gonna tick boys.
2: I'm gonna am not even gonna try and butcher his name on oh, mate from the servo. <laughs> but um yeah, he sent it in and he goes, "Hey guys, just wondering if this was you, Oh, mate." An alpha bloke shirt didn't pay for his fuel <laughs> without a clock. <climbing.
0: laughs> nah. nah, down south, somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that was a fucking laugh.
3: Yeah, we yeah. we start the name living too. It, it's it sort of means something to us. Um, Dwayne, he was all those things I said earlier, but he was also very cheeky. His whole mm. life, you know, he, de- well, he dedicated a big part of his life to making my life hell, but yeah. always with a smile on his face, and he had the best smile. But I remember, I think we were 23, it was my birthday and I was having a house party Um, and I lived with Sam Webb, our co-founder, but he was living in America at the time, I was in his house and he's OCD clean freak and Dwayne goes, let's have a ceiling party. I'm like, yeah, righto, what the fuck's a ceiling party? He goes, I'll show you. Runs inside to the lounge room, picks up a four-legged chair and chucks it straight through the ceiling and my fucking jaw is on the floor and before I could say anything, he's done it again and I go, what the fuck are you doing? He goes... Just living. Yeah, Yeah, nice. And if you look back at his Instagram, a lot of his captions used to be living. Yeah, right. And it just tied together nicely because that's what we want. He he also ran down to my room, grabbed my laptop and Skyped Sam Webb and showed him. But, um, yeah, the next day he was there. My birthday's in November, so I was quite hot. He was crawling through my ceiling, (laughs) sweating up. uh, Got the insulation in there, itchy as fuck. And I said, who's living now? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
3: but um, yeah, that's the the name's so appropriate because that's what we want people doing. We oh, have People mate. living, and we want people living a healthy and happy life.
2: And that sort of that living thing, like one of my best mates who fucking passed away old filthy. That just reminds me of him all over too. He did not take one backward step in his life. He was fucking living. As Matthew McConaughey'd say L R V R N. Well, like that, that thing. He's
3: actually got a mental health charity too. Matthew McConaughey. called living something? Yeah, he right. Found out
2: a year ago. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah, right. I'll hit him with the trademark. Yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's right. But, you know, it's just, it is great, man. The the brand, what it's about, just tying everything together, it's so good. And, like, when you first started it, were you surprised, like, you know, if you went to trademark it or you see that nothing else has been there yet? It would have been a good little click moment in your head going, oh. how good's this?
3: Yeah, and then the website. Like, there was no website for living.com, uh, I think early days were living.net.au but yep. then when we saw living.org was available yeah on, we're on and we just could not believe that that was available awesome mate yeah there's people cool. out there their job is to buy URLs just so they can sell them back to you that's, that's right, right yeah because yeah. at the moment our registered business name is Top Living this is a bit of a tangent for you we can't get the business name Living because some bricky in Harvey Bay owns it mm. and he's trying to extort us for 40 grand to get it
2: oh. <sighs> see how that's the thing where like you get these people who are doing good things and then you just get people who just are happy being a grub. And that's what I, I don't... I'll never be able to understand it because I have to have a clear conscience, but it just... You, you run into people all the time and it makes you remember that people don't need to have a clear conscience. Like, oh, no. people are built different and they're happy to be a fucking dog. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? To get to get through life. Scammers, mate. Those fuckers are just... I don't get it.
3: Have you seen the new scam going around? They're right, using nice. AI to copy your voice They'll ring your mum or your dad saying I need help I need money Transfer now Are you serious? With your own voice Holy fuck, fuck. People I'll, don't give a fuck I'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, well, be, be a, safe Yeah <laughs> yeah Your parents would be like, safe Yeah yeah, yeah What's
0: going yeah, yeah. on Brussels Yeah <laughs>
3: I was was on a boys trip to Bali once and first night I lost my wallet and I'm ringing mum. This was like 10 years ago before you could dial internationally. I'm ringing her or I'm trying to ring her, text her, she Mm. goes, how do I know this is Casey? Because I'm ringing her saying, cancel my cards. I'm like, just fucking cancel them. Yeah. Yeah. So at least my mum's
2: on it. With that AI thing, I know that it's deadly, but it just made me think about trying to get an accent right. I reckon the Aussie accent is the hardest for other people to try and do. I, str- I reckon when I- you hear other people, Yanks, anyone try and put on an Aussie accent, it's like, nah, bruh. Yeah, i got way too much slang. Have, yeah, that, you'd have know. a bit on. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Have you
3: seen the bloke in uh, Jeremy Clarkson's farm show? One no. of his workers. Oh, my God. I think he's Welsh. You can't Gerald understand what he's saying. Yeah. Gerald, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. You can't understand a word
2: true. he's saying. Uh, well, mate, that's like. Try and copy that. That's like in that um a couple of episodes ago when we went to Perth. We got on the fucking um, – we ended up on this Irish Bucks party <laughs> going through the fucking river there. There was 20 Irishmen and six of us jumped on their Bucks party and they wanted to have us on this boat cruise. Mate, by the end of that fucking cruise, it was that hard to understand. But we're all yeah. like, yeah, nodding. <laughs> and they're like, and it's like, holy fuck. <laughs> Bunch of mad Bucks. Yeah, they are, they but are mad. we got along that well. Like, had the same sense of humour, just same blokes, you know. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. No, it's good stuff, man. Everything you're doing is fucking unreal to see, eh? It, it's it's fucking great. And I think the more people, like, you know, in this space can, can connect and talk about it and other blokes can learn that this space is available, you know, it's it's a good thing.
3: Well, for us, it's important because, like, people don't understand where to access support or how to access support. And yeah. That, that's why we exist. Like, people don't know that you, if you're struggling with your mental health, you can go to your GP And I recommend you go to your GP and they can write you up what's called a mental health care plan. Yeah. And this will entitle you to bulk build sessions with a mental health professional. And I'm not going to say the number because it's just changed and I'll get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. But that is a wonderful way or a cost-effective way for you to access help that is right for you. Mm. And, you know, the next thing I recommend is find the right fit. Yeah. I said earlier I didn't marry the first girl that I took on a date. It took me a while to find the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yep. Finding a mental health professional is the same. Yeah. Not, might, you not might not have a good relationship or connection with the first person you go see, but it is worth finding that right fit for you because it will change your life for the better.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Explore a bit, eh? Go and see what works for you because like we got Blind Man Dan on a few episodes ago and he said that he went to a um, psychiatrist or whatever and he said it, it wasn't really for him and then he's got a thing called a life coach where yeah. someone like and he finds for him that that works for him like someone who talks to him on his level um you know and like he said he had to go through a couple of them to find one that fit him but for him it works so it's and like it's worth it yeah so it's like it's one of those things where everyone's going to be different which is all, i suppose why it's so hard to talk about this sort of thing because you can't just paint everyone with the same brush
3: absolutely not and you know the person in your life that helps you might might be your best mate or it might not it might be a stranger mm just give yourself the time and the permission and just try and be a little bit patient. I know that's hard because you yeah. just want to fix it right then and there, but be patient.
0: Yeah. What's your personal views on like going on a GP and they just throw you straight on the happy drugs? Like Hard. Oh, sorry,
3: like, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing to stop people from accessing no. that, but it needs to be tailored to you.
0: Yeah. One-size-fits-all approach does not work. I just feel like people just diving straight into that too. It quick. Happened to
3: Dwayne, and it made him feel like a zombie because he was on the wrong drugs. Yeah, mm. had he been on the right dosage or the right drugs, it would have changed. Potentially saved his life. We won't know, but it's because he was just thrown on what the person before him was thrown on, without any sort of any sort of checkup or follow up. And when he was on that, he just felt like a robot. He felt yep. emotionless. He felt drowsy, and he didn't want to feel like that.
2: I wonder if there's been more um, variants come out over the years to tailor for people differently or is there still the same drug that treats that thing? Like, I wouldn't have any idea. Yeah, I
3: I can't. I can't talk too deeply on that. I'm not up to date on on that research. I just
2: see all this, like,
0: ice bath saunas, breathing, meditation. It must be fucking working.
3: Well, one thing we preach heavily is self-care. Yeah. And, you know, I'd I'd love to pull out a prescription pad and write down what your self-care strategy is going to be, but it is what works for you and it is what makes you feel good for me. I like to wake up. I don't look at my phone. I go for a walk outside. Yep. I will get a nice bath, but at the moment I'm having cold showers, and I don't sort of pick up my phone until I get into work. Yeah. These are that's a routine that makes me feel good because I know that if the first thing I do is pick up my phone, I'll go into bloody work mode. I'm and shopping for it, and I do, yeah. and I but I try to catch myself when when I sort of go into those bad habits. Mm. For me, playing golf too. And then just spending time with people that make me feel good about myself. That's all I need to do. Gym isn't something I do as much as I should. Mm. When I do yeah. go, I feel great. But exercise is amazing for our, our mental health. But it, yeah. what I'm trying to get at is find what works for you and find what you can do consistently. Because it's great to say, go go work out, go exercise. But if that's something you struggle to do, just do what you can do, but do it consistently. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's right. And yeah. Yeah, figure out pretty quick if those drugs are going to work or not. Yeah. And try something different.
3: For some people, life-changing. Yeah, like i got a few staff members. It's the best thing for them. Yeah, like yeah. They're on what they need to be on.
2: Yeah. Yep. Do you reckon it's worth, like, um, people trying those things first and then realising that they're still not, like, getting any results from it, you know, like the exercise and doing things they want to do and that, or... I think like you, you try said, everything. Yeah, try everything before the drugs. Like, is that, is that, you reckon? Well, the
0: thing that scares me about the drugs thing, if that drug's making you not give a fuck about anything, that's the scariest thing ever.
3: The worst drug what, for that is alcohol.
0: That's right. Yeah. I'm going, I'm guilty of that just with this.
3: Yeah. yeah let alone
0: popping a pill every day.
3: Yeah, but for some people it actually... Makes them feel again. It, yeah. And that's what's so okay. hard. You've yeah, got to try to find that balance. Keep the communication open with your doctor mm. and let them know what's going on so you can adjust
2: what you need quickly. Like you said before, too, finding what works for you. Like yep. trying different yep. shit. I'm sure like and like I suppose communication with your partner too, right? Like if you are gonna go onto that, you'd say to them, Hey, I'm gonna try this out. Let me know if you think oh, I'm not myself or you know what I mean? Communicating like that?
3: Absolutely. <clears throat> Transparency communication, it's key. Yeah
2: oh for sure man so with with what you're doing like I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this have their own workforce under them or have a heap of people under them that they might want to spread this message to how would someone reach out to get you guys to come and like do a what would you call it a um, we call it our Livermore program so it's a
3: 45 minute stigma reduction and mental health program Yep. yep Uh, we talk about the warning signs and symptoms, where to get help, how to start a conversation, um, a lot about self-care, but all about normalizing that conversation. We use a lot of lived experience stories just to contextualize it so you see that we're real people, we've been through it, and we've got an experience of sort of what worked for us. Yeah. And then we also talk about where you can access professional support. So uh, best place is www.living.org. Uh, our social media is at org on all the channels. Yeah. But yeah, we'd love to... We'd love to talk to as many people as possible. And, you know, if it's not us, if we're not a good fit, we'll certainly recommend someone that is.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's I just all- think it would be good to, like, after this chat, you know, let people know if they're want, it, are they interested in, in educating their workforce or yeah. even themselves. School schools, more schools. Schools, where to, where to go to access you guys to, to get that sort of thing, you know? Absolutely.
3: There's plenty of great resources on our website too. And later this year, we've got an animated video series coming. So when we go out and deliver our sessions, it's, it's a lot of telling people. What we're trying to achieve with the videos is showing people, putting things in context as to how you can support someone in your life, how you can start that conversation. Yeah, cool. And then also how you can look after yourself.
2: And that's an awesome way to do it as well because people learn different ways, people soak in information different ways. So some might like the talking, and then someone might watch it and go, fuck yeah. I'll get Davey Ferret to do the voiceovers. (laughs) Dave Ferret,
3: fucking
2: A. He's a morale booster. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: just don't kick the fucking yeah. mower.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but no, it's um, it's good, man. And I think it's a fucking great way for the message to get spread, you know, and and to be delivered by blokes like yourself, who you know, it's not like you're a sheltered bloke and done nothing in your life and that. Like I'm sure you've been out there and had fuck ups and made mistakes Every and day. learned. Yeah, you yeah. know. So it's just good. I think. People, blokes hearing from other blokes in similar lives and what they've done is the most important thing, you know. Absolutely, like someone delivering a message, delivering a message to a bunch of blokes who have never had to go through hardships and that themselves, it's not going to soak in as good, I don't think.
0: And sometimes you don't relate to those people either. Like, exactly. you'll have a beer, you play footy, normal bloke outdoors. Yeah, people can relate. There's definitely um, some mobs out there that you just can't relate to. And why do you want to listen? And that's
3: the bat, like. That's the unfortunate thing. They have great intentions, but because you can't relate, you shut off, and you yep. don't. Well, they might be the smartest person in the world, but because you don't relate, you don't listen to
2: them. It'd be yep. like it'd be for you, like running that thing, realizing who, which type of person to send to different areas. Yeah, like who to send to a rural place to talk to those legends. Absolutely. Or who to send to Melbourne to talk to those legends.
1: Like a totally
2: different group of people going to take in information different ways. And I suppose that's something for like yourself or you go, fuck me. That's a, that's a big thing you'd have to think about, you know.
3: Yeah, horses for courses big time. Mm. Um, you know, some people love delivering our, our program into schools. Other people don't. And other people love, like one of our biggest clients is Hastings Steering. We love getting out to them. Whereas, you know, some of our facilitators probably don't like going to them. They prefer to, as I said, do the school session. So, yeah, um, we probably have a facilitator for pretty much any workforce. We've delivered to pretty much any type of industry or, or workforce and it's what we're passionate about. Yeah, And and when, you know, a workplace books us, that can then support the delivery of that program into
2: local schools. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for oh, sure, awesome. man. No, that's great. So yeah get in contact guys if if you if you want to you know get involved with this sort of thing i think it's a great thing and um reach yeah. out and hear the message yeah 100
3: percent. I, I think it's important for everyone to remember that we all have the power to save a lot whether that be you know ours our own or someone else's we just need to remember that it ain't weak to speak Yep. Yep. yeah and people 100%. might think that vulnerability is weakness i think it's the opposite i think it If you can show vulnerability, that is a sign of strength. Mm. That's a sign that you're willing to put your hand up, take that first step towards getting better. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't think there's anything stronger than that.
2: Yeah, no, i got to agree to you, you know, which is a hard thing, I reckon. And I'm just trying to do that, like, be vulnerable and be like, right, oh, share. And a part of this community, like our audience, I want to be honest with them and what I go through and stuff like that, too. And being like a blokey bloke, being raised by one and stuff like that in a country town, like, I think that's the biggest thing is getting over that first step to be like, right, oh, let's go. Talk about what I'm struggling with and being vulnerable, you know? It, it, Yeah.
3: Well, oftentimes it takes the first person to put their hand up
2: and then a lot of people will follow. Mm hmm. Be the leader, yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. now well, I appreciate fucking, you coming on, yeah, 100%. mate. Yeah, hundred percent. It's been a great, great chat, bro, and I'm sure it won't be the um, the last time we have you on. And no, it's, um, it's a pleasure. It'd be cool to come and um, come to a couple of those events, I think, and you know, and yeah. start start linking up in a couple of spots and stuff.
3: Actually, there's one thing I, I did forget to mention. Next month, the whole of March, we've got a partnership going with Donut King. <laughs> Yeah, right. so um, a dollar from every box of donuts sold will be donated to us, um, yeah, right. and that is right around the country. So, so pound donut king. Yeah, there'll be living <laughs> branded donuts or some red cinnamon donuts. Um, there you go. Get them into you. Fucking oath. Go and get a donut up. Yeah, get the police force involved. <laughs> you might
0: cut that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: nothing wrong with the folks. copper eating a donut. Good <laughs> <Put it> on <laughs> you. But no, nah, too easy. Thanks for coming on, no, brother. It's so been a pleasure. Me. And, um, yeah, everyone remember
1: to stay out of each other. Cheers. Good stuff. Uh... Cure them what you want, knee-knockers, golden nuggets, die-slappers, but our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping.